Many years ago, in an effort to stimulate their thoughts about the nature of God, I invited a group of teenagers to join me in watching the classic movie, Oh God. Now, in the course of the movie, God, who is portrayed by George Burns, who, by the way, is almost as old as God, has prevailed on Jerry, the assistant manager of a supermarket, played by John Denver, to carry God's message to the world. Now, toward the end of the film, Jerry is lamenting to God that nobody seems to be listening to the message. And he tells God, well, he thinks they failed. But God doesn't see it that way. Oh, I don't think so, God says. You never know. A seed here, a seed there. Something will catch hold and grow. That's the message of the gospel passage that we're looking at today. Jesus has been talking about the kingdom of God in a whole series of parables where God will reign as king in the hearts and minds of his people who will then live in obedience to him. It was apparent that it wasn't happening quite as fast as the disciples thought it should. What they didn't know is that it would be even more difficult at the conclusion of Jesus' ministries for those same disciples to believe that the kingdom of God had come any closer to being a reality. They would end up being a small, discouraged group of fugitives without a leader. So now is the time to provide them with a message that would give them hope in times of discouragement and sustain them in the face of future persecution. His words have a message, not only for his original disciples, but for us as well. The first thing these words of Jesus do is to remind us that we are all called to do something. He spoke of seed to be scattered. If the kingdom of God is to become a reality, we who are aware of God's grace, well, we've got seeds to sow. And those seeds are the seeds of the gospel, the word of God, seeds of grace. Way too often we think of these seeds as those of law, telling the people of the world what they're doing wrong. So too often they're expressed as the things that we in the church are against. And now, to be sure, we should be against the things that God is against. And there is a time to take a stand against them. But so often all the world hears is what we're against. Those who abuse their own bodies with alcohol or drugs or too much food or gambling. And there are those who mistreat others, abusing their spouse or children for their own sense of power or gain. And of course, there are those who take the most extreme step of taking someone's life through murder, abortion, or euthanasia. And some take another's livelihood, if not their life, by robbing, stealing, lying, and taking advantage of the poor and the helpless. There is a time and a place to speak the law. But what the world needs to hear more than ever and to see more than ever are seeds of grace, seeds of love, and seeds of witness. For example, in a restaurant, a family of five bowed their heads in prayer before beginning to eat. One of the children, a girl of about 10, expressed thanks for the entire family in a hushed voice, her head bobbing expressively as she prayed. A few moments later, a couple on their way to pay their check paused at the family's table. 
It's been a long time since we've seen anyone do that, said the man, extending his hand to the father. The father smiled and replied, you know, it was kind of strange at first, but hey, we always express thanks at home before we eat, so the children wanted to continue it when we got back to the restaurant. So we just went along with it. And now it's our way to show that all our blessings, including our food, come from God. The woman who had come up to the table patted the little girl on the shoulder and obviously touched, looked at the mother and said, don't ever stop. It means so much to those around you. It seems like such a little thing, but it was a witness. The seeds of the kingdom are tiny, but we're called to scatter them. These seeds may be little acts of kindness which take root and bear fruit. Oscar Wilde tells of an incident years and years ago that had profound meaning for his life. He was being brought down from his prison to the court of bankruptcy between two policemen when he saw an old acquaintance waiting in the crowd. He writes, This man performed an action so sweet and simple that it has remained with me ever since. He simply raised his hat to me and gave me the kindest smile that I have ever received as I passed by, handcuffed and with bowed head. It was in this spirit and with this mode of love that the saints knelt down to wash the feet of the poor or stooped to kiss the leper on the cheek. I've never said one single word to him about what he did. I just stored in the treasure house of my heart. That small bit of kindness brought me out of the bitterness of lonely exile into harmony with the gentle, loving heart of God. My friends, we plant the tiniest of seeds, and they take root by the power of the Holy Spirit, and the kingdom begins to grow. Now, the second thing these words of Jesus do is to remind us that while we are called to do something, we're not called to do everything. We scattered the seed, but the growth is up to God. I remember as a child growing up on the farm, I contributed to the family by helping with the large garden that we maintained. It was a good experience for a child to be involved in. I wasn't yet old enough to work in the fields or drive the tractors. So instead, I would prepare the ground in the garden, help plant the seed, water the rows, and eventually attend to the harvest of our garden. But the hardest part was the waiting. <laughs> you see, at the first sign of sprouting, I felt that I had to pull up a few of the radish and carrot plants to see how things were going below the surface. <laughs> Naturally, that was the end of those plants. <laughs> As scatterers of seeds, we do have some responsibilities, but the maturing process has its own timetable, and we are not in charge. Certainly, we see that in the development of human beings. A number of years ago, Family Weekly carried a story about a couple who were called to the office of the principal of the high school that their son was attending. I know how disappointing it is for you to hear these things about your son, said the principal. 
But I've talked with his teachers, and we all think, well, you should let him drop out of school. Now, the parents, both successful in their own fields, were not surprised. For years, they had been despairing over their son's poor report cards. In other words, the father said sorrowfully, you're telling us he'll never amount to anything. On a June afternoon, 19 years later, those same parents sat in the gymnasium of a large university, watching as their son received an honorary degree. Today, at the age of 42, his statements are frequently quoted in newspapers, and his income is seven figures. How did this come about? Well, one evening, he came home from his job as a gas station attendant and announced that he was going to finish high school and go to college. From then on, he amazed everyone by the turnabout of his attitude and accomplishments. He explained the change this way. Somehow, he said, while I was washing a blue two-door sedan, all the bits and parts fell into place, and I was grown up. People grow and mature at different rates. We're not all the same. Thomas Edison's teacher said that he could never amount to anything and advised his mother to take him out of school. Winston Churchill was admitted to school in the lowest level classes and never moved out of the lowest group in all the years he attended Harrow. Albert Einstein seemed so slow and dull that his parents feared that he was mentally deficient. <laughs> One observer has said this, Great minds and high talent, in most cases, cannot be hurried. And like healthy plants, grow slowly. And so it is with God's kingdom. We scatter the seed, but we're not ultimately responsible for its growth. We cannot make things happen. The process by which the kingdom of God proceeds oftentimes is very slow, and it often exasperates us. Like the crowds that gathered to hear Jesus, we sometimes wonder, is this all there is? We want to see the miracles of change that he promises, but they often come so slowly. And we wonder why our church and our, and our faith doesn't have a greater impact on those around us. During times of persecution, when the world seems to hate us and blame us for all that is wrong, we wonder, why doesn't God do more? When our churches are small and many are failing, we wonder, is this all we get for being faithful? But at the same time, if we have faithfully scattered the seed, if we have shared the gospel message with our words as well as our actions, if we've opened our mouth at the appropriate opportunity, to give our witness that salvation, forgiveness, and new life are possible through the person of Jesus Christ, we can be assured that one day there will be a harvest. We're not called to do everything, but we are called to do something. And one of those things that we're called to do as disciples of Christ is to always be hopeful. As a small child on the farm, I knew that seeds that were planted and watered would eventually germinate and sprout and grow. 
Now, at the time, I had no idea what it meant to germinate, couldn't even spell it. <laughs> and I had no idea how the process worked, but I knew that it did. We're ignorant of the process, but the word of Jesus is that growth is taking place. The kingdom of God is like a mustard seed, he said, which when sown upon the ground is the smallest of all the seeds on earth. Yet when it's sown, it grows up and becomes the greatest of all shrubs. The tiny, nearly invisible seed is becoming a living thing, a plant, a bush, a tree. God's kingdom is growing in its own way from seemingly inconsequential beginnings. But hey, all the great music in our culture begins with what? Only eight notes? The great literature of our language begins with just 26 letters. Whatever God's kingdom may one day become, it starts out as the smallest of things. I mean, the great advances of the race have often started without any trumpet sounding or, or anybody being aware that anything exceptional was taking place. On the 100th anniversary of Abraham Lincoln's birth, the biographer John McCutcheon drew a famous cartoon. He showed two Kentucky backwoodsmen standing at the edge of a wood in the winter. One asked the other, anything new? The other man replies, nothing much. Oh, there's a new baby over at Tom Lincoln's. But you know, nothing significant ever happens around here. <laughs> Centuries before that, someone might have asked in Bethlehem, anything new? And the answer might have been, no, nothing new. Oh, well, they say a woman named Mary had a baby in a stable last night. But nothing significant ever happens around here. And when that child grew up and taught, he taught about little things. A cup of cold water, a person with one talent, a widow's offering, a lost coin, kindness done for one of the least of these, and faith growing like a mustard seed. So many of the greatest happenings begin in just such a fashion. They're no more than the planting of a single mustard seed. Yet in God's good time, that tiny seed becomes a plant and puts forth its branches for the benefit of all. And one day, God's kingdom will spread throughout the world and be evident to all. My friends, we are not to lose hope when the kingdom tarries. We're not to be discouraged when our churches struggle and remain small. We're not to throw in the towel when the world is against us. We're not to despair when things are not good, when opposition to the gospel is getting stronger and Jesus' work seems to be hidden. The seeds have been scattered. The seeds of the gospel have been planted. Small as they may appear to be to us, the Lord of the harvest will one day bring them to flower. So do not despair. Trust the power of the small hidden work that Jesus is doing right here, right now. For those who have ears, let them hear. Amen. Mm -hmm.